All right, welcome to ABU All Banged Up. This is ABU 3, our third installment. Uh, for you guys who are unfamiliar, it's basically a variety show. We get to spread our wings creatively, be complete idiots, and basically just have fun, huh, buds? Yeah, we got uh, the history of the resi. We got to check in with a resi expert. We got BNN, served up by yours truly. Buds' news network. It's the hard-hitting topics. Uh, today we have recurring guest and also first-time host, Mike Rav, on the show. Uh, so it's going to be a really, really fun one. Uh, we're going to talk about his project, Paper Tiger, which is is coming out on the Bombholes channel. It's also an incredible, incredible video. So look out for that. Um, and then we have a Tommy Gesme check-in. That's that's kind of big. Gesme's kind of king in the streets right now. So uh, much, much more. We talk about clips. We have Pops 5. He breaks down his five favorite clips from the internet. Anyway, all kinds of good, good stuff. So let's get into it. ABU 3. Here we go. All right, let's get into heater clips. Now, it has been a wild ride of incredible snowboard footage coming out as of late. The videos have been unbelievable, but the the cream that's risen to the top for me has been uh, in, in Austin Sweeten's new video, Wind Slab. We got to talk about just a couple of incredible clips. The first one being the switch method over the Baker Road Gap. Um, you know, just talking about flavor trick selection spot selection you know it that is that is about as timeless as it gets right there i could only imagine rolling into that thing and going switch and not spinning would be Dude, absolutely terrifying that seems like it'd be the hardest trick you mm-hmm. could possibly pick maybe fakey ollie it might oh. be the only thing harder <laughs> i could think of um but yeah i definitely i gotta say that that's like you know talking about progression in snowboarding is interesting because things progress in double cork quad cork triple backflip but then you have this other form of progression where you see you know sweeten and my other favorite clip we got to talk about too he he does this line and it's not really a notable feature as far as size it's like a basically a little cliff drop where he does a back three he does a couple turns and then off of this wind lip he goes front three lands and then spins the opposite direction back three as soon as he hits the snow and it's unbelievable i just don't understand how you stop your body and you do that it doesn't really seem possible what do you think about that clip rev i think it's amazing like i think we talked about this uh with some other stuff today that whole clip has this like force to it like he's like you can just tell even like to me i feel like him riding in between those two jumps looks just as crazy as when he's hitting them and then it's just like little accents that are happening. Um, it just looks like he's in, he's just, you know, going and almost not even in control, but totally in control, you know, like mm-hmm. just taking it, it as it goes. As he's spinning front side in the air, he's got to be thinking, I'm about to spin backside. Mm-hmm. I would aggressively Or catch he's my not edge. even thinking, and then he just happened to hit the snow you know, in the right way and just kicked him, him you know? Mm-hmm. Like, well, the thing that's also amazing about this, too, when you look at like, you know, the average snowboard video, a lot of times these might be warm-up runs. Like a, a yeah. filmer might not even take their camera out of the bag for this. Like nine right. filmers out of 10 probably wouldn't, you know? And it's it's like talking, I actually called uh, Sean Lucy who filmed this and he was basically saying that this is kind of like a warm-up spot. And in order to get footage like this, you basically just snowboard a lot and just keep the camera rolling. Yeah, I think it's stuff like this also is that spawn, you know, spawn, spontaneity. Mm-hmm. Spontaneous. You know, spontaneous that like, 
you can't, you could never uh, like plan that sometimes, you know, it's like, and I, maybe Austin did. He's crazy enough to be able to have done that. But uh, me personally, like I, I like these spontaneous moments the best because it's more, you see more, you know, free expression. Mm-hmm. It's like real snow. But actually they play into the whole picture, you know. And obviously we have to talk about in the new Dustbox video, Dream Castle, Cooper Whittier is fucking king of the castle in that video. Everybody kills it, but he just absolutely demolishes and we just got to talk about some of the intricacies of some of these absolute bangers. Uh, the first one, he basically frontboard fakies a kink rail as his setup clip and then goes switchback lip, switchback tail, whatever you call it, 270 through a kink that is much bigger than it looks on from that angle. It's actually kind of a hog. And uh, a couple of things that I find fascinating about that clip is you're going frontboard fakie. It sets you up blind for the next spot. It's not like a trick where you can see where you're going. So to do it in a line is so much more difficult than doing a trick where you're just able to land and see where you're going. Mm-hmm. And then nobody's even switched back clip that rail. Right. And he just went, he just jumped right over that and goes, I'm going to switch back tail 270. Just beat this, this, this double line is done. He just fucking is king of the castle on this Skep, thing. Skipped a couple steps, straight cheat code style on him. He went full cheat code. I think he's got the PS4 controller in his fucking pocket on this hog up up down right left yes exactly let's go um and then you know just talking about the way that sweeten is pushing that kind of backcountry riding like to see i'd say coops doing the same thing in the streets and a little lot of stuff um perfect mirror and we got to talk about you know just to to complement that he hits this other spot where he hops on a creeper and a creeper rail rail along the wall a toe jam some people call it um it's basically fucking three ice cubes as a jump and about three ice cubes as a lip, and he basically lands on fucking pavement. And um, the thing that I find fascinating about this clip, like the, if he did creeper to board slide, it would have been a banger. Mm. But he goes back lip 270, and you're diving in backwards, back lip, but to fakie, into a concrete jungle where, like, if you come off early, you're basically getting mangled, what it mm-hmm. looks like to me. I mean, and that just is so far above and beyond some of the heaviest street clips I feel like I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and then to also just be able to envision that, like if, before there's snow, you walk up to these two rails and you go like, oh, like like I can imagine Coop just being like, oh, I don't need that much speed up here. I just need to get onto this. And then once I'm on this, it's going to take me all the way down there. Mm-hmm. And then I just got to have snow from there to there. So like, and then one thing to visualize it and then the next to, to put it into, into action mm-hmm. like this, I think is like really just a true testament to like, you know, going out and interacting like Coop's world as a snowboarder. And what I love is you can see the concentration as he comes down here. He's kind of pressing his hand, really controlling that speed. And then bam, just, just true mastery right there. And not taking no for an answer. I mean, normal person pulls up on that spot. There's no fucking snow around. It looks like a huge kick out. And you're just going to be like, ah, I don't think we got enough snow to make that happen. It's like, no, nah, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm yeah, doing imagine this shit. Imagine you don't have many tries. I on feel like, like with this. this crew, especially too, like when you see something, you probably got to be either like get on it or get a, get out of there, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I know with like Coop's mentality, he's going to get on stuff, you know? Yeah. Get on it quick. Get well, out. I know Coop, uh, we might have to get a, like a crowd go, go fund me for Coop because this guy needs a fucking raise from every single sponsor and he needs like 10 new sponsors. And he's, uh, as far as the streets go, he's kind of uh fucking young gun on the scene, just putting it up. So definitely, um, it's definitely happening. It's gotta be, I would love to see what that looked like from inside the building. <laughs> All right, well, that concludes our heater clips of the week, month, what have you. 
All right, it is time to get into the hard-hitting topics, the news that really matters, BNN. Here we go. Welcome to BNN, Buds's News Network. All right, Buds, what do you got on the docket today? First up, Jay-Z. What's going on with Jay-Z? Jay-Z finally entered the world of Instagram. Okay, how'd that go for him? He got 1.8 million followers in a day. Very respectable. Solid. Compared to my uh, 20,000 or something I've worked five years to get that. He uh, followed one person, his wife, Beyonce, launched one post about his new movie, and then uh, was quoted saying, this shit's crazy, I'm out, and 24 hours later, he's gone. That's a smart man right there. Smart man. Reminds me of you canceling your Instagram weekly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, trying to get away from that. I got to take a page out of his book. What else we got, buds? The next one is Gorilla Glue. Let's talk about Gorilla Glue. You know, I'm always looking through my wife's hair products. There's always some sort of hair glue and this and that. You know, they're always doing fancy things with their hair. This woman ran out of hair, her normal normal brand, went to the 7-Eleven, saw Gorilla Glue, and was mm. like, this will work, right? It's a strong product. Yeah, sets it right up on her head, and all of a sudden she's looking like the Teflon Don. Mm-hmm. She tries to wash it out and uh, fully repellent to anything she can put in there. The quality product. Next step... We see her at the emergency room in her local hospital, and they're basically like, there's nothing we can do mm. for you. A little bit of a pickle she got herself she got into. Got herself that. into a pickle. Okay. And uh, some fancy doctor from L.A. actually reached out and was like, you know, I might be able to break down the solvents in this hair. I'm not sure, but it's going to cost a lot of money. Kendrick Lamar, like, spoke for her because everyone felt so bad it went viral. And uh, she raised $21,000, and she made it out to this doctor, and the guy actually was able to get it out. And uh, saved her life and then said, hey, you don't have to pay. Oh, my God. Let's give that guy an yeah. air. Actually, uh, so she ended up walking away with this 21K. Good for her. So all of a sudden on TikTok and Instagram, there started to be the Gorilla Glue challenge. And uh, Gorilla Glue had to put out this big notice like, no, no, don't put this in the hair, in your hair. So this guy is like, this girl's just trying to raise well, go, some he, money. He debunks. He's a de- well, he's debunker. He's a debunker. Okay. Yeah. So Whistle, whistleblower, if you will. Whistleblower, if you will. His name gr- is Martin. Okay, he's Martin. He's from Atlanta. And he's yep. like... I'm going to prove that uh, this girl's just trying to make some money. I'm going to glue this cup to my face. Oh, Lord. Here we go. How'd that go for him, bud? Uh, as you can see here, he's gluing it up, and he's talking shit like, hey, this is this is not going to work. It's a scam. Glues it to his face. No fear. Next shot in the ER. Oof. Can't get the cup off the face. Yeah, he can't be feeling great about that decision. He uh, The visual of the red... A little the bit red, of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer scenario going on. Right? For the listeners that can't see, it's a, it's a red Solo cup, and it's uh, glued directly to the center of his face. <laughs> <laughs> and now this poor man has to live like this. Mm. Not just kidding. They, they were able to remove it with the same technique as the L.A. doctor. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. So uh, stay away from using that Gorilla Glue on your skin, ladies and gentlemen. That is BNN. Welcome to BNN, Bud's News Network. Welcome to Pops 5, the five weirdest things I've seen on the internet since the last time I saw y'all. Clip one, we've got Grenier on his weekend vacation at the local Massachusetts skate park getting a little whiskey throttle. <laughs> yeah, I was getting a little excited. I accidentally grabbed a handful there. Absolutely exhilarating. I'm glad I didn't get crushed by that dirt bike. <laughs> I've actually been on a dirt bike one time and that is exactly what happened. <laughs> Minus the ramp. <laughs> this young lady didn't know that was frozen. But it looks pretty fucking frozen to me. 
her neck is going to be rather sore after that whiplash. Good Lord. So come on in. The water's nice. <laughs> We've got a Chinese national team rider whose name I definitely can't pronounce doing a backside quad cork 19 fucking 80. We've officially spun into the years in which Stony Buzz was born. He's actually Harsh born in 1940. Tug. So, uh, <laughs> did anybody see the fucking stegosaurus in the background of that clip? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking triple corks in the half pipe. Look at that goddamn meat hook. It is gorgeous. You know what else is gorgeous is also that Yonic snowboard. I've never seen one of those in the uh, in the wild. No, never. You almost could say that you're hooked on Yonics at this point after seeing that. <laughs> I'm definitely hooked on Yonics. I love the way his white glove accentuates the hook. <laughs> Hence, we are all hooked on Yonics. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck this came from, but it's beautiful and amazing, and Homie lost his goddamn shoe. Your DoorDash has arrived. <laughs> I think that's more of a Jimmy John's freaky fast delivery scenario there. <laughs> you want your sub or your shoe? <laughs> like, how long does it take him to realize he doesn't have his fucking shoe on? <laughs> I like how he's just standing. He's so how did I get here? <laughs> it looks like Grenier after his last rail session. <laughs> <laughs> all right this is very exciting we got to check in with mr tommy gesme today uh he's checking in all the way from minnesota tombo what is happening how are you doing my friend how's it going guys uh thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it well first things first we got to get into some hard-hitting topics um you know there, there's a couple of great moments in history that have happened over the years you know, I remember where I was when the Red Sox broke the curse of the Bambino. I remember right where I was when 9-11 happened. And I remember right where I was when I saw the clip of you flipping over the railing into the bush. <laughs> can, can we get a kind of behind-the-scenes play-by-play of, of what happened off the picnic table into the bush clip that went viral? Um, yeah, so basically I was kind of sizing up that uh, bush jump, let's call it a stunt, if you will. I was kind of sizing it up, was getting pretty excited about it, kind of on my CKY tip at the moment. Um, but yeah, then after a couple hours and a little bit of uh, liquid courage, I decided to give it a go. And then, turns out, kind of luckily, I missed my jump, because that's what you don't see is that uh, that bush or the deck is probably like 15 feet off the ground. So I think it worked out for the best. But. Now, I got to say the uh, one-liner, I believe you said brudda right before you j- jumped. That, yeah. That was just a stroke of, of uh, genius there, the brudda. I, I want to see like a screenshot t-shirt of you kind of doing the shaka with the brudda, or maybe, maybe just says brudda, and it's like you folding over the railing on a t-shirt. I think somebody should make that. Maybe a, maybe a good sport tee? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. be interesting. It was, it was funny because the next day I was like kind of, I was a little embarrassed, you know, scared to go on Instagram. It's uh, like, oh, God, here we go. But uh, people were loving it, so, yeah. And you missed a foot, huh, it looks like? Little oh, yeah. over the <laughs> table, and had you made it though, you would have dropped fifteen feet to flat. I mean, the plan was for the bush to like kind of catch me, you know, but I don't know if that's how it would have went down. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love it. All right, well, let's pivot. We got some other topics to cover here. Um, 
first things first, we got to talk about good sport. You know, uh, we just went to the premiere for that here in Salt Lake. And that for me is the best video I've seen this year. Um, you guys absolutely crushed it. It was a two year. What was it like going to the premiere and, you know, after working so hard on a project for two years, are you satisfied? How are you feeling about the project? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you always want more footage, you know, but I was, I was really hyped how it went and it was cool to see, um, just like people's reactions. People were really psyched on it and that's always a relief, you know, and just cool and kind of an honor, I guess. But yeah, that I'm hyped how the video turned out. I'm excited to see it again. I've only seen it twice, like once in Portland and once in Salt Lake, but that's all a big time shout out to Colton. I mean, he's, he's the best. I got to say best follow camera in the business. Uh, when it comes to the fisheye follows on a snowboard. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I noticed you had some family at the premiere too. How did, uh, how'd they enjoy the whole experience? Yeah, they were, they were hyped. Um, I told my mom about the premiere a couple weeks ago and she was like, what? No way. Like, you should have told me earlier. She's like, we're coming. I'm like, oh boy. All right. <laughs> like, like super excited, but I knew it was going to be a big night, but they had a blast. So that's, I was hyped that they were able to, to be there. I got to say, you, you looked like you were pretty much uh, cross-eyed by the end of the premiere. And uh, I just have to say, that's exactly what you should be doing after working so hard on a two-year project. It was great to, uh, to see. And I got to give a sh major shout out to your parents too. I chatted with them for a while there. Yeah. Good people. Yep. Shout out to Ann and Paul. Now I have a question for, for sure. you. What's the what's the backpack that you guys bring with you on trips? What's what's his what's his name? Uh, that's Lewis. <laughs> uh, so Spencer has his backpack full of everything you could possibly need, and we like to call it Lewis because he's just always ready. You know, you got whatever you need at the spot. Lewis got it. So. It's like Breezy's trailer, but it's just in backpack form. Exactly. Yeah, it's just a backpack with like all the tricks to the trade. And yeah, his name is Lewis, and he's a big help. Well, I, I also noticed you're wearing kind of a snapback right now, and uh, it's kind of resi season, though. I don't know if you if you got the. Oh, oh, that's correct. <laughs> oh, okay. We got a little headwear switch. Oh, oh! wow! No, he didn't. He's banging us yeah. over the head. I got Resi Envy right now, bud. <laughs> Dude, I liked it, uh, those shots from Murmansk, Russia. Added some nice flavor, uh, grime. Yeah, that place was wild. Uh, big right. time. Shout out to Artem Smallin for helping us out with Russia. But yeah, that place was cool. Definitely an eye-opening experience. Just everything about it. You guys went there right um, before COVID, right? Yeah, it was actually pretty crazy. Uh, when we were there, I remember you were, um, I think, in Finland with 32. Yep. But we're just seeing on, like, Instagram and social media, like, everyone's bailing out of Europe. And Russia, like, wasn't on that list. It was, like, evacuate now, kind of, you know? So we were, we didn't really know what to do. Um I think a lot of us were kind of indifferent. It was, it was a pretty stressful time. 
Um, I know Spencer was like, I do not give a fuck. I'm staying out. <laughs> so we were kind of like, yeah. I mean, you know how Spencer is. He was like, one more clip, I'll fucking stay. I'll quarantine here. But I don't know if I'd want to be yeah. stuck in Murmansk for that long. So it's interesting. No, me, me neither. But it ended up being fine. We got home fine. Um, I think we did end up leaving like five days early, maybe a week early. But what can you do? Well, that's beautiful. I've seen you out there on the water uh, pulling in some absolute carnivores out there with the fishing pole. Uh, how's the fishing pole feeling these days? It's good, man. Uh, yeah, I've been fishing a lot. I actually got to go pull my boat today for the season. But it was a good season. Yeah, I kind of figured out, picked up on the patterns for fishing uh, muskie. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of uh, a lot of work. Like, all the stuff on my Instagram is definitely just the highlight reel. Like, I probably put in, like, 40 hours before getting one. So... They, are they fighters? Oh yeah, they're like the trophy of the Midwest. It's like a, it it's almost like a bonita fish, huh, Rev? Step brothers reference. Uh, it's re- it's really hard to take you seriously with that incredible resi. The side profile, yeah. Too, the, when you get the that? side, woo! Oh, almost <laughs> like the amount of volume. It's almost like uh, it could carry like two or three gallons of, of space in there. <laughs> Look at you that. don't even need the backpack called Luis. You could just wear <laughs> yeah. it on your head and pack that ready. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> 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 like, oh, Spenny, what do you need? <laughs> you need a bungee? Bungee bag? <laughs> this is where I store my bungee in my, in my resi tip. Well, yeah. beautiful, Tombo. Uh, we're keeping it short and sweet for this check-in, so thanks so much for, for chatting with us, and uh, hope you have a killer winter this year. What do we got on, what, before we wrap that up, what do we got on the horizon? Um, we're, we're scheming up something. I'm not too sure yet. I've been talking to Colton. Colton's still kind of working on good sport, the final touches. That should go online within a couple weeks, I would assume. But um, So he's still kind of focused on that, but we're going to try to do – Make another one, so All right. I'm excited same, for that. Same crew? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. What are you guys doing this winter? <laughs> Tell Colton to hit me up. I'm down to get a part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh question. So it's you, Derek, um you, Derek, Spencer, and Colton, four of you guys traveled around for two years. Uh who's the biggest pain in the ass out of that crew, out of curiosity? Right, Derek. <laughs> Yeah, but he's like the best, but he is a, just a little pain in the ass. But I bet you probably, we love him. probably wanted to strangle each other by the time it was done, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, beautiful. I think that was a great little check-in, Tom. We're going to wrap this thing up and keep the show moving. Sounds good. Thanks for the call. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Yeah, Tom. Much appreciated, Tom. We'll talk to you soon. All right. It is time for my favorite part of the show. It is resi season. We're going to get into some resi talk. Now, Buds, what do you got for us? In honor of resi season, last night I was thinking to myself, where was the resi born? Where did it come from? I mean, I know in Canada they call them toques. You can trace that back pretty recently. But I figured it had to go further. So I went deep on the net. And I started thinking to myself, wizards, right? They got a brim on them. 
And it's a resi, but it's kind of pointed. Did, it, did he cast a spell and his brim fell off? I don't know. Was that the first one? No, I don't think so. Was it gnomes? The gnomes. You always see these guys with these crazy hats. Too pointy. That wasn't it. Hybrid resi. Hybrid resi. But not a true resi. Not a true resi, right? I mean, there's some gnomes right there. They're starting to get there. So that wasn't it. And then I re- researched the statues in Greece dating back to, I believe, the early B.C., these first statues. And these might be the first resis. They do have a slight fold on them. Mm -hmm. These guys are actually freed slaves. And uh, once you were free, you donned a resi. You might be naked with an eagle. Don a resi, and uh, that's how you know you're free. But then I went back further, and it always seems to go back to Egypt. And the aliens, everything goes back. And yes, there are resis in Egypt. Wow. This, I think, is the true birth of the resi. So the original resi came from Egypt. Egypt. Incredibly informative. 1500 so, BC. This, Unbelievable. Yeah, these are these are hard-hitting facts. You know, I would have thought, like you said, maybe gnomes, you know, maybe Canadian toque, but to go all the way back to where it's inscribed onto the, a rock, you know, that really, you know, to know where we're going, we have to know where we've been, mm. buds. And what's amazing about Egypt, there was no snow. This was purely fashion, mm. way ahead of their times. This, I think, is the birth of the resi. Today, we have arguably the greatest resi tip expert on the entire planet, chief resi expert analyst, Cole Taco. I noticed also uh, you told us that you, you have a rather large head, and I know that you have a special technique you use for breaking in a resi you explained to us last night. Correct, correct. So, yeah, rather large head. If people are familiar with head sizes, with, like, new era hats, I'm, like, 8-inch plus. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, and, then, and then back, you know, I had long hair, dreads at one point. So, so you know, you, you put a fresh resi on, and that thing wants to shoot off your head like a fucking rocket. So, uh, so what I do is I take the headrest of my truck, and I'll put it over the headrest. That thing's, like, stretch it as much as I can, put that thing over it. And then I leave it on for a few days, and then you know you take it back off, and it slides right on, and yeah, good fit. So I noticed behind you, you kind of have some categories of different resis. Do you want to break down what category each one of these hats kind of falls under? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we'll start off with these two rows, this row and this row. So there's six hats all together, and uh, those are just your classic resis. You pick that thing off the shelf, you know it's going to be tall. You know it's going to be what you're looking for. We got a New England Patriots one up here that's very common, easy to find at like any gas station, you know, in the in the New England area. All sorts of um, by Bruins, Patriots, you name it. We got a Green Deer one, a Shire Fit and Days, and those are all probably around nine to ten ish. It's just like when you pick that up, you know it's going to work. And then another category I like to call is these three. These, these are sleepers. Like these ones. I unfortunately probably overlooked for years. However, they do work. They have a slightly larger fold, which you can kind of undo a little bit, and you can get that extra height if you want. And um, I really like those ones a lot, too. I tend to be wearing a lot more of those nowadays. But, uh, yeah, the sleepers. And then on the other side of me, I got this is This is the one I'm not particularly a fan of. It's, it's like, I would call this like a DIY recipe. Make your own recipe. So it, it just it just comes unfolded, and uh, you can kind of fold it whatever way you want. But every time you put it on, you got to readjust the fold. So I've never really been a big fan of that, and kind of come unfolded when you're snowboarding or you know shoveling, shooting photos. And um, 
Do you yeah. have any? Do you have any advice for people that are maybe searching online for a resi tip? Um, do you like look at the comments? I mean, how do you know you're not going to get duped? Yeah. Okay. So I've been down that path a bunch. I've got duped, and I uh, like. So if you're safe, hypothetically, I buy a bunch of hats on, or I do buy a bunch of hats on Amazon. I'll look at you know the stock photos, and they'll be so generic, and you'll be like, "Wow, that thing looks tall. Like that thing has to be 18 inches. I got to get it." And uh, and then then you get it in the mail, and it you measures out at like a total of eight or something six. You don't want that. So so I do read the. I do go down and look at the pictures of like you know the people people that bought it in reviews check those out and then generally they'll have the, the measurements and kind of I went over this earlier I think you want at least nine inches tall all together and um, yeah and also what I've noticed fire beware like uh, sometimes we'll have the measurements wrong on Amazon because I think a lot of these guys are made in China and they just kind of plug in random numbers and uh, so I have got I have uh, bought some hats that didn't work out they weren't the the metrics they claim to be beautiful well um as far as metrics i know you have some kind of do's and don'ts absolute no fly zones as far as beanies go ones that you just wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole yeah yeah so yeah that's the thing so i have a couple with me so the viewers can see them i i don't even know some of my these on my house at my house on a snowboard trip this is made by cole i really like the company but you know this thing is this won't work i mean we're, we're measuring five inches right here Wow. That's, that's about half of where you want to be. And, um, yeah, like five inches, that's going to just cover your head. That's, that's, that's like a skull cap. Yeah. So that's, that's my no fly zone. Personally, I, I, I don't like anything less than eight, seven and a half, eight altogether with, with, the, uh, um, with the, uh, fold. Yeah. I, I don't go, I don't go under that. Yeah. Cole, do you think it's possible that with the resi tip, scientifically do you notice a difference between the heat on the top of your head like is is heat being trapped in the resi and keeping you more warm or is being is is it does it feel more comfortable or yeah of course i do notice that the top of my head generally gets hottest it's like it's oh. like a hot air balloon up there you know all the heat so this is stays like up a bit there. more scientific than we bit of a uh, green yeah. effect yeah. maybe yeah. going on here exactly yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about like a first layer, it's so tight on you, you're losing so much air. This has a place to store warm air. So that's also a big thing. It's like I'm out there shooting photos. I got to store all the, the hot air stuff yeah. like up there. And, it, you know, it really works out. Maybe some more room for some thoughts, too. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The thoughts up there too. <laughs> those anti-resies, I don't. They can't even cover your ears, too. I mean, I don't understand yeah, why that, people are wearing those out in the cold streets. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a, fucking mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. Now, you can't do it. I also notice um, it's kind of looks like you got a little bit of a pro tip, life hack, if you will, with the hat and the beanie over it. That seems like kind of a progressive, uh, like life hack with the resi. Recently, I got this dope industries hat from Brockle Bank. And um, I got it, a little disappointed. Let's see what it measures out at. Measures out at like seven and a half. That's good. It's good. It's not as tall as hoping. Like, you know, those guys run tall hats. Not as tall as I was hoping. So what you can do is you can take a hat that's not that tall and put like a brimmed hat on, like a new era or any hat with a brim, like a baseball hat. And you can put it on top of that. And that'll give you a couple more inches. So that'll make this, you know, like seven inch inch hat more like a nine inch and that's like i said before nine is kind of like the, the sweet spot 
So if you if you if you're looking to gain height, like yeah, just put it on top of the baseball hat. Yeah, seven's a bit of an entry level resi, I would say. Where nine's a sweet spot. How do you feel about brim beanies? Like where the um, brim's actually installed. I, yeah, no, I, I I don't think I've ever owned one. No, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I I guess they're cool. If they came in resi, I'd definitely give one a whirl. Okay. I'm not sure how many resi brims I've seen, but. Okay, Taco. Well, this has been incredibly informative as far as learning about these hard-hitting, important topics when it comes to uh, reservoir tips, resis, if you will. Now, before we get out of here, do you would you say there's any unsung heroes of the resi game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, like I've always looked at Jesus, Andrew Jesus, like my unsung hero of the resi game. I got a lot of inspiration from him, and um, yeah, he has a crib. He's doing like a 270 of some sort to gap into a down flat down and he might have the tallest resi ever worn in a snowboard clip potentially and then uh he was just almost an exclusively resi guy if it was like it was either like a new era hat or a resi and i've always had like yeah a lot of respect for that and i feel like he goes under the radar like uh maybe because he hasn't been doing a ton of snowboarding for the last few years but in the 2010-ish era like straight up resi king in my opinion well taco i couldn't agree more jeeves uh, doesn't get the shine he deserves on a snowboard and in the resi game well thank Wonderful. you thank you for coming on taco uh, i think you informed yep. us a lot our audience and we really appreciate you we'll bring you back more for some more um uh, you know cheap yeah. resi expert analyst information keep that resi sky i'm high. honored i am honored hey, i'm walking out the door to my car right now with the same fucking kid i'm wearing so <laughs> not going anywhere <laughs> Resi looks so good. Uh, all right, Taco, we oh. appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Of course. Good talk to you, boys. Take care. See you, Cole. Okay, today is an exciting day. We have Mike Grav in the hot seat. It is a pleasure. Uh, he basically is in this project called Paper Tiger, which is huge for us here at the Bombhole. We are hosting our first project on our channel, so it'll be on our YouTube. You can find it on our website, bombhole.com, and it is a true honor to be hosting this thing and it's, you guys. An, it's an absolute heater mike rav it's yourself uh who else we got johnny o'connor phil jacques kalia austin viz austin viz um so tell us how about this project kind of came about initially i think basically it was just one of those scenarios where it's this time of the year there's no projects um that i'm you know dialed into or anything like that so Usually when this happens, I'll start making up my own ideas. So um, in this case, I hit up Skylar and I asked him if he had anything going on for the year and he didn't, luckily. And then I just started sending out the emails. Hey, like, I got this idea. Um, what do you think about this? Is there any way that we can get some funding for this? And then luckily, uh, Mark Dangler came through and uh, yeah, definitely. Thank you, Mark. Uh, he came through and he was able to get us uh, some money for it. And we were just, once once we had the green light, it was we knew what we wanted to do, and from there, just kind of let it unfold as the winter progressed. So we watched the project here at the bomb hole and absolutely loved it. By the way, Rabbit, it Thank was you. awesome. Thank you. And uh, I, I gotta say, as a fan of snowboard videos and and Skyler specifically, he has his own look. Everybody's making videos this way. He has this like cinemagraphic, cinematography kind of look. Yeah. It's more, it's polished, it's unique. And in this video particularly, you guys do kind of like skits. Can you explain the concept behind some of the skits and things like that? Well, it all starts with like the first thing that we came up with was the name that Skylar came up with, which is Paper Tiger. 
And originally I was like, oh, I like those two words. That's, that's cool. And, you know, there's a lot of like imagery that comes to my mind when I hear the words paper tiger, like, what does that mean? Uh, but it turns out, and it, you know, maybe this is like a product of like the current times that we're in. Um, but the paper tiger is like an old Chinese proverb where, uh, it's, it's basically something that from afar looks like it's very threatening. And then when you get up close, you realize it's just paper and you could just like, you know, rip it to shreds right in front of you. So the whole premise is like, um, the movie starts, we knew we wanted to incorporate this, like, um, this concept, like, you know, the world that we live in, there's a lot of fear right now and everything like that. And, uh, I think that a lot of the times that we can, you know, realize that these things that we are very fearful of, you know, may just be paper tigers. So basically like this always like represents, you know, someone's life and there's all these different doors that each person can go into throughout their life. And like you go into a door, you may not like what you see, you go into a door, you might like what you see and taking all these things. So uh, the story of, you know, looking through different doors and then all the riders will have parts and each of their parts is maybe representative of like a different door that you can go to in your life. I love that. I thought you just crammed two words together. That means nothing. But here we go. No, um, they sound I, so good together and actually have great meaning. Yeah, that's a Skylar thing. I was really excited. About. Like usually, you know, I can him and I go back and forth creatively. Like, uh, oh, oh, what what I said is is best, and um, I'm learning that with each other right now. We're very open to like each other's ideas, and we're like letting each other have you know their say. Um, so when he said that, you know, I want to look at everything like from an open mind, and not just if I come up with it. You know, because yeah. like. And so when he said that, I was like, wow, like, yeah, I really like that. And I think that 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 set a good pace for the winter um, just because like I'm realizing that, you know, you can come up with the concepts for ideas and stuff, but it doesn't make it your video. You know, like this is like so not my video. Like there's so many moving parts of this thing, like mainly people and their talents and strengths that are like it's it's amazing to showcase all of that. You know, yeah, it takes a village. It's not about like one, you know, one thing. Mm-hmm. And so many people get caught up on it's my idea and it's got to be my idea. And I think the true master is like, what's the best idea? Exactly. Yeah. It's really cool, cool from a fan perspective, myself being a fan. If you watch your guys arc of your guys's career, you have your lunatics where you started to kind of sharpen your teeth and then you've gone on to work with him on so many projects, be it Capita videos, be it, um, you know, where you and him went to Mount hood. What's that one called? Echo Sparkle. Echo Sparkle, be it the, the Snark. Is that what it's, or what, or yep. it's called? Yeah, the Snark. Yep. Which is a cult classic because I don't think they're on the <laughs> internet anymore. Trying but, to get the Snark back. But the thing that's awesome too is when you when you watch somebody progress, like every year you're doing a different project. Every year you're filming snowboarding. How do you keep it exciting? How do you keep it fresh? Right. And now my question to you is, is it that creative is it that creative journey of how to conceptualize a new project to keep you excited, a new approach? I think for me, I'm... You know, at this point in my life, I'm, and I know what I'm, you know, working towards. And it didn't hurt that snowboarding for me right now is feeling better than it ever has. It feels more free than it ever has. So that helps going out, you know, finding in in the streets, especially, or actually just wherever. Uh, you have a more open mind while you're snowboarding. It just keeps it fresh because, like, you know, Skylar and I have filmed probably like the same clip every year somehow in one form or the other. Something that's like pretty similar, you know, because it's just everything gravitates towards that sometimes. But this year felt this year felt unique in a sense where like I felt like we were filming different style stuff and it just kept everything felt fresh. And also um, just the crew as well. I think it's great when like teams can or like, you know, crews can stay together for a long time. But also 
I'm realizing it was so nice to get like uh, these fresh aspects, like people-wise, like Austin and Kalia, um, because uh, it's just like you know, Austin Viz from Washington, uh, huge fan. Yeah, he's he's like filmed a couple video parts, uh, but I, but it, it just felt kind of like he was fresh to you know that whole world, so. You're looking at it from different eyes. Like you're looking at it like you could have, you know, for me when I was going out with like, let's say you and Scott back in the day, you're kind of looking at everything like, wow. Like, um, and it was good to see how he approached everything and Clea as well. Like, and they really like stepped up some amazing stuff and it just, it kept it like really inspiring for me to want to do the same, but also like help facilitate whatever I could as well. Yeah, this feels like it could be Austin Viz and Kalia's like breakout video parts, you know, and and that's Definitely. awesome to be able to, you know, r rising tide raises all boats scenario where you bring people up with you. It's not just about you. You're able to yeah, you know, and pull inspo from them. Totally. And then also, like, I actually feel like it's my first video part as well. Like, you know, just from like naturalness, uh, it just felt more of a natural year than like, you know, many years I feel like especially, you know, beyond three or four years ago, it was always, like, to film the part, get the clips. Like, you know, we use the term, like, put the money in the bank, you know, like, get the clips in the, the bank, and you're inventorying everything, and you're, like, kind of sculpting the part. This year, I kind of, you know, I didn't really watch any footage throughout the year. Really, honestly, with Skylar, it's hard. Didn't really even watch any clips after they landed. Maybe maybe once just to, like, get the, the gist of it. But, um haven't really seen anything until we started edit editing and that helped too. I think just to like, you know, you just keep working and then all of a sudden it was, you know, you start seeing the footage and you're like, wow, it's, it, it was a, a good, good year for everyone. It helps to trust the filmer, right? You guys have worked yeah. together so long. Yep. I love, uh, one, the music is like such a nice mix. The spot selection. So cool. A lot of yeah. really, it makes me want to like get back in a van and find spots, you know, cause there's so many cool looking spots. I mean, that's, the best, I think one of the, the coolest aspects of, you know, filming in general is to go out and look at the world in a completely different, I'm, I'm, you know, me personally, I'm always, no matter where I'm going, you know, whether for snowboarding or not, if I see something that, you know, catches my eye, I'm immediately like drawn to it. Yeah. It could be on a roof, wherever. And personally, I think that's one of the coolest things because like, I don't want to look at the world just like, like, oh, that's just a building or that's just a, you know, a way to get up that thing over there like it, it, it's a bit more exciting cruising around with the little you know everything's catching your eye now i love it watching uh you know we watch so much snowboarding we were obviously huge fans of snowboarding been for our whole lives you start to realize like everybody can do the same tricks right and it, and it's like the devil is in the details when you start really getting involved with snowboarding right you really start dissecting video parts and the thing that i really loved and i noticed from your part this year is like you use your whole body with every spot. For example, it's there's a there's a line. It's two down rails. You do a line where you do a back lip, a spinner, and then you ollie the set. Heel slide spinner. Yeah, heel slide spinner. <laughs> front three the set, and then my favorite, you do a front two seventy, and you do three turns, and then you board slide <laughs> the next rail. But it's it's not like everybody else would do a front two seventy hockey stop board side the rail but it's about the board control in between you Look know the hoodie half well, over his yeah. eyes too. I, I think yeah yeah i loved i love this clip i wanted this just to be a teaser in itself uh just that one clip in slow motion you're just surfing yeah uh, i i think it's all about the um the the whole thing like that that clip started you know you can't even see it 
dropping in, you know, from somebody's front yard, taking a toe side turn into that and a pump. Um, and it starts as soon as you drop in and it doesn't end until you are unstrapping basically. So like, uh, they're not all separate things. Like it's not about that first rail. It's not about landing. It's not about what happens in between. It's about the whole flow of that whole thing, um, together as, as these clips are, as the whole movie is, you know, like it's all moving you. And, uh, I think it's, uh, that's mainly what I'm trying to, you know, when I'm doing like a line or something like that, it's just about the whole thing, not about one. It's seeing what kind of what, where the whole thing takes you. I love that yeah, so love much it. because that's such a dude. It's such a fucking polar opposite and more expansive approach than I've taken my whole career. It's been oh, that, I mean, that moment in, in time, that one big trick, whether you land yeah. on, it's just like while you're on the rail cut as soon as you land and, and this evolve of, of kind of, I guess, dissecting, what you like and really, really kind of deep diving into what makes you want to do it. Totally. And I think these things are for me just changing within this last year. Like I feel the same way. Um, you know, my mentality towards all this stuff in my whole life is, is completely shifted, um, to try and to just be a bit more, you know, open and let see where it takes you. Not so much where I want to like, you know, take it. And I see too, you just your style developing, you know, from year to year. The I evolution hope it, of rap, I hope it right? never ends I, for anyone, you know. Like I don't think anyone has to be. I mean, I, I think if you find what you really like and you're content with that, it's great. I personally like. Um, I guess I'm just always that's all that's me, you know. From the day I was born, it's just kind of just what's just seeing what happens where yeah. where it goes cuz it's different every moment like chris said the devil's in the details like people can do these tricks but nobody's doing them like rav all together mm -hmm. in that combo i love it i keep thinking about this old think tank quote from an ad a long time ago i wrote it down but uh, concern over criticism clogs creativity mm. and it kind of if you look at snowboarding it kind of keeps you in this box these are the industry approved tricks it can these are the ones that aren't industry approved this is the way and you want your peers to you know you you know that the peers are going to like this one and maybe not like that one but um i'm not saying that you you didn't do industry approved tricks but i think that that definitely keeps a lot of people snowboarding and imitating each other as opposed to rav who's like kind of got a, a wider the horse blinders aren't so narrow you've widened well, out the horse blinders I'm just trying bit. to you know I've, I'm just trying to find what I enjoy you know like I want to go out and like all these tricks I do because they're movements that make me happy that like make sense to me and they feel more than just like you know a snowboard trick they're like really like uh it's just like you know it's it's just energy you know I'm trying to find stuff that um everything's matching up energy wise and so i think we should talk about a couple of my personal favorites i'd say our personal favorites me and buds watch the video picked out which ones we love and i absolutely love the method toe scrape on that uh big water uh water tower looking thing how did that clip come about so i started snowboarding started just like seeing where the jump what the jump was like did a front side uh, you know kind of wall ride thing and then this was just like, oh, maybe I'll just like try to like method and sort of scrape my toe edge on here. And I think originally I wanted to maybe even, I wanted to have more of my edge kind of like the the Janet Jackson sort of yep. toe slide. Yep. But this one came out like this and it was more of a thing where, you know, we look at it afterwards and we're like, oh, that, that one looks, it just looks cool. Like, um, 
and just looks unique. So it ended up being something pretty cool. And I'm really happy that you guys liked it. Love it. And then the obvious one that we got to talk about too is you go 50-50 back one in the line on this ledge and then you basically blast what I would call a switch McTwist. Yeah, it's kind of hybrid flip type yeah. deal thing. I don't know. And, dude, it's cool to see. You know, you've always had switch McTwists over the past few years in your parts. You've been mastering them on little bumps and things like that. And this is kind of the 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 basically, like, just you you blasted that thing. That yeah, kind of awesome. like I said before, like, I feel like I've been developing these trips, these tricks and this was the year that I was able to like really like okay this is the clip that really showcases this this trick, um, and maybe that's been kind of like not wasting time over the years, but like I really haven't been able to like really get those points across. But it's nice that to find this feature. This was in Denver on like one of the last days that there was snow, and took my time shoveling, uh, and I the whole time I was shoveling I could just like. You start off, you get to a spot, There's you haven't shoveled it all, and it's like, oh, man, this is going to take forever. Is this not going to work? And then, like, the day starts moving away. Sun starts, you know, cruising across the horizon. And then we just – I decided on it. I shoveled for a couple hours, and then every, with every shovel full, it, it, I started seeing it easier and easier, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden it just became, like, one of those features that it just puts you right up into it off the bat. Um, so it was a nice little reminder to me that sometimes you just got to start moving snow and, uh, then it can evolve into something and it, and it just lined up, it lined up really nice and how Skyler filmed it, uh, I'm really, really happy with. And, and I, uh, I did another one before that, that was like a little bit sketchier and I was, I was pretty okay with that one. Luckily, you know, our crew at the time is honest and they were like, I think you got a better one. And then sure enough, like you go back up next try and you get that. So it's a group effort. I love that it's not a wide angle. Yeah. Skyler's also noticed it was a Capita ad too, right? Uh, I don't know anything about it in that. the Mac. Yeah. This this photo? Yeah, it was in the Mac. Oh, I'm not good with this this stuff. I haven't seen it yet. One thing I got to commend you guys on, you did a great job on, is the, the soundtrack and the sound design. Um, do you want to talk about any of that stuff at all? Uh, yes. So... Um, anyone in Salt Lake knows that we have the jam space that we play music uh, at. The band has this space that we all go to. It's like a creative space. And uh, it got to a point where Skylar had these parts of the video where we weren't sure what we were going to do with. Like, did we use music or did we use, you know, just ambient sound? And then it dawned on me. And I was like, oh, like, we have this whole setup. Like, we could make... You know, and also the stuff that I'm inspired by right now, like, is in, like, film and, like, all this, you know, soundscaping and everything like that. So, hit up Harry Hagen, who's, like, the master of, like, the recording scenario that we're in right now. And basically was like, hey, like, do you think that we could put together, like, a score for these parts in the hallway where the masked figure is, like, being chased? Um, and obviously he was down for it, so... Spent like I think six or seven sessions with Harry, kind of going through and Brandon Cocard, um, and uh, yeah, it was really it was cool to be able to use the studio space for like a different beyond just playing music or jamming. And we were in there like working towards making these scenes like have a bit more color and, and emotion than they originally did. So I just wanted to thank Harry for for helping us and Brandon uh, for helping with that process. 
Who uh, picked all the music and did Harry actually uh, cultivate that? No, no, record? the music was Skylar and I, and we we're just going back and forth. We tried trying to find you know a vibe throughout the whole winter, what we're listening to in the car and stuff that's inspiring us, and trying to base it off these things that you're kind of building the whole winter as well. And um, so yeah, that that just came together through us talking throughout the whole time. I love it. There's like fifties music. There's like rap music yeah cracker song you know i feel like it's just another example just across the board creating an experience so it's like you don't want to hear the same song over and over again like even on an album or something i was telling him to look at it as if it was an album like if you if you didn't watch any snowboarding like almost like a playlist like how videos can have playlists as well and they're just as you know substantial sometimes to look at it like that and to to feel the flow of that music um throughout the whole video, not just one song and what's happening in that song, but like how all the songs are working with the footage as the whole video goes about. Well, I'll tell you what, Rav, I'm really excited for people to see this project again. Absolutely love seeing Lar the Lars Rav jock combo. Uh, I mean, dude, jock's got some sneaky heaters in there. Uh, Phil Jacques, uh, Austin Viz breakout part. Kalia absolutely kills it. Uh, the whole video is, is freaking Awesome. So um, make sure that you guys check that out. It's going to come out in a week from today on the Bombholes YouTube. And uh, you can find it at bombhole.com. And just make sure you watch this thing. Um, do you want to? Do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap this thing up? Um, not really. I guess I'd just like to thank Mark for uh, facilitating the whole project. Thank you, Skylar, for the uh, amazing creative experience. It's really actually been a pleasure to be working with him. Obviously, to Viz and Kalia. And uh, uh, all the sponsors, um, Capita, Union, and Cole. And also Cole is going to be making, or Naima Antolin is going to be crocheting these hats, these uh, two-tone hats that I'm wearing throughout the video. And we're going to do some raffles and some donation stuff uh, once those hats come out. So that'll be cool. And... Yeah, basically just uh, thank you to anyone that helped for the project and thank you to the Bombhole for having us and it's going to be nice. Beautiful. Paper Tiger, check it out. All right, let's get into our Patreon calls. We're going to be taking some calls from our members. Uh, they're a huge support for us to be able to do this show, huh, both? Yeah, members only, bud. Members only. We're taking calls and uh, again... We, we couldn't do it without these people, man. Patreon, you are a community. Thank you so much for all your support. Hello? Hey, this is the Bombhole Boys calling you back. How's it going? Hey, good to talk to you. Hey, I just want to say thanks for uh, all you do. Big fan. Um, yeah, what's going on? Much appreciated. We're just uh, firing up some Patreon calls. We had a, we're calling back some missed calls. Uh, wondering if you you have any questions for Mike Grav or any of the Bombhole Boys. Yeah. Um, so this question's for Mike. I know you're a big uh, Jimi Hendrix guy. I just want to know what your favorite song is and and why and the reasoning behind that love that question uh nice to meet you by the way i would say that my favorite, yeah my i have different favorite songs for different times and uh sometimes like you know obviously voodoo child to get you going kind of like the more mainstream but i really love if you've never heard it on youtube if you type in message from nine to the universe and this is like a deeper cut that's so far i found just on youtube it's 19 minutes long 1907 and it's more of just like an instrumental kind of jam through and to me it's like a whole experience and 
like if I'm doing art or something, it's a good song. It doesn't stop. It just like keeps chugging along and, uh, and there's some nice improv vocals at the end. So great question. Thank you. Yeah, that's so awesome. I'll have to take a look at that. Definitely. Um, that you know, appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, you know, have a great one and I'll talk to you all soon. How we doing? You're talking to bomb hole boys. Yeah. You're talking to Nate Robertson, uh, from Minnesota. Um, question for you guys would be, what is the greatest soundtrack of any snowboard movie? I can go ahead and step up first. Uh, for me, that's an easy, easy first for me would be uh, robot food after bang. I'd have to say, or basically the robot food movies in general. Second, um, shit. Uh, I'm just going to stick with that for my favorite soundtracks of all time. What do you guys got? I'm going to take an approach where I'm going to talk about the soundtrack that affected me the most. I think growing up when I saw It Ain't Easy in Firefight, Adam Malinsky made those, I believe. And uh, just like I was introduced to so much new music and it changed like my whole perspective on like music in general. I think those two movies. Uh, this is Eastone. My favorite's pretty easy. The FODT soundtracks, right? It's a little biased. It's <laughs> a, a biased bi- opinion. A little vein of me. Yeah, it is vain. Because I yeah. cultivated the ones on the first couple movies, but I'm going to go with the one that MFM DJed. Mm-hmm. I think it was hard to earn, maybe. I'm hard not- to turn, actually. I hard think to is what turn. It was. Thanks for your support. Thanks, Nate. Okay, uh, you're talking to the Bombhole Boys. Who, who we got on the line? Oh, this is Alex from down in Orange County. Alex, what's going on? Uh, you got a question for us? How are you? Good. Uh, just heading to the skate park right now. Uh, just wanted to see, uh, been following your career for a while, Chris. Wanted to see what the difference was from being over beforehand or uh, and the difference between your snowboarding now and how it's uh, affected it. That's a great question, Alex. Um, yeah, I guess most of my snowboard career is actually kind of funny because I would, I would kind of quit drinking in the winters. Uh, I would actually say that I, I would accredit a lot of so-called success. That's a weird, corny word. But like um, success that I've had on my board kind of goes back to me quitting drinking in the winter and being extremely focused. Um, so, I, But I would say like in the summer and things like that, I, I do notice that in you know the two things that... Yeah improve the most for me from being sober would be a clear-mindedness and then b a big part of it is is injury so like i I noticed i've been hung over and gone skating and rolled my ankle and um you know i've also inversely had a case of the fuckets and done some pretty awesome stuff when i've been hung over too you know so i don't want to discredit that but that has a little bit more of a shelf life a bit of a a shorter expiration date i think um but yeah I, i would say that you know 90% 90% of my, a big part of my success. I don't think I would be uh, a professional snowboarder if I hadn't quit drinking in the winters. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, been on the sober train myself. So I feel like I've noticed a big difference with no injuries and uh, definitely no fucking cases much anymore. Well, congrats, man. Keep Amazing. it up. That, that's uh, something to be proud of. Yeah, keep up the sobriety and, and fucking, fucking A. Thanks for calling in. Really appreciate it, Alex. Of course. Have a good one, boys. How we doing? You're talking to the bomb hole, boys. Who we got on the line? Yo, what's good, boys? Got a question for Grim Diesel there. So, being the big moto guy you are, and uh, a lot of big changes with riders and bikes and whatnot for the uh, Supercross season, who you got? I'll tell you what. I'm not a big fan of seeing Aaron Plessinger on a KTM. Uh, I think he looks a lot better on I- Yamaha. 
also a gigantic he fan. He does, I agree. El Hombre. Now, El Hombre, I'm a gigantic fan of. Seeing him on that green bike, I'm just not quite adjusted to. I hope he does well. I just don't think he's going to do great on that bike. I do, however, think Tomac coming over to Yamaha, um, I think we could see big things from him on that bike. I think he's going to be ripping hole shots. I think it could be a big supercross for for Tomac, and I think Cooper Webb will probably come back. He looks pretty. Uh, he looks pretty dialed in on that KTM. So I'd say, Co- oh yeah, I'm yeah. going to go. Cooper Webb uh, is probably going to win 450s again, and then maybe okay. Ferrandis is going to be on the box and Tomac. And then if I got to go 250s, I, I'm going Jet Lawrence is going to take the take the overall. All right. I like it. I like it. I agree a lot with that. I do. I like, I'm, I'm a big fan of team pride on the, uh, on the green bike. Now I think, I think he's looking a little better than his last season on the Husky, but, um, yeah, with your uh, comment on Tomac being the Yamaha guy now, I think we're going to see some crazy speed from him. Is the green bike a Kawasaki? It is, but <laughs> yes. Oh, wow, okay. Or 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 a motor a motorbike, as you would say, Stone. Thank you. I could talk to you. <laughs> I could talk to you about this for the next three hours. However, we're losing <laughs> listeners by the second, I, so we're gonna have to I'm take sure. another call. I, I appreciate the call. All right, boys. Love what you're doing. Keep it up. Peace, Y'all be good. Thank you. Later. How we doing? You got the bomb hole, boys. Who am I talking to? And and uh, you got a question for Rav or any of the boys? for you uh this is logan coming out of farmington utah i just want to i want to hear the story about your farmington cemetery rail i saw one clip years ago i think it was you and pat moore and uh i rolled out and saw your jump and then i saw that clip and i just i want to know the story behind it oh man my my brain is uh kind of a piece of shit to be honest with you i don't remember it in detail but i believe it's like a over the fence to rail or something like that out of a tennis over the fence yeah Exactly. Yeah, I think I I want to say I only saw one clip, and I think you snapped the board. Oh yeah. And yeah. I don't know if I ever saw that clip again. I think but, we uh, we hit it, anyway. and, and the the police kicked us out. Um, it, that's kind of a a spot where there's a lot of residential. Classic. Uh, I uh-huh. call it, we like to call them super citizens, uh, people that like uh, to um, you know, throw a rain on your parade for having a good time in a public park. So yeah, we, we yep, ended up. Uh, yep. We never got that one, but we set it up. We kind of actually steer clear of filming in rural Utah because we tend to get kicked out because uh, there's a lot of super citizens in, the, in those areas. Fair enough. I feel you. All right. I mean, I guess that's it. Anyways, uh, shout out to you guys. Keep it real, Logan. Thanks for the call. We really appreciate your support, man. Thank you, Doug. Bombhole speaking. This is. Yeah, Rab. What's up, man? How you doing? Who's this? this Name's Jake. Otherwise known as Magic Narwhal. Just want to know, like, why do you shred? What's the passion? Tell me, tell me, like, what matters most? Is it is it the style? Is it flashing, or is it just you know doing the thing? I think it's I think it's all of it. I think it's like a spirit, you know, like it's like this, like it's way beyond like just snowboarding. I think you can get it in in really anything, like whether it's like snowboarding or art or music or whatever. Um, I think it's just expression. I think like. I think um, we're probably all looking for a place to, like, blow off some steam, you know? And I think uh, it's a matter of fine. It's, like, for me, what I found that I can, like, do that, blow off steam and not, you know, af- you know bother too many people, you know? Uh, but, yeah, I think it's just expression. I'm, I'm sure everybody feels it when they're out there. Fuck yeah, dude. That's so righteous. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Thanks dude. so much for calling in, man.